morning, guys. Hope you guys have had a great weekend so far. I'm so glad you're here today with us at Cornerstone. Welcome to those watching online, too. If you're watching online, do us a favor. Be sure and share it. Uh, get some more people involved today. And uh, we're excited about what we're doing, continuing our series called Marked, Called by the Savior. Uh, and we're, we'll be talking about this call that God places on our life. And it's not always an easy call, is it? And so we'll, we'll be talking about that today. A uh, few things to go over just real quick and getting started. Um, and I'll, a few announcements. And let me just share these. The first, it's not too late to sign up for our 21 Days of Hope. And I've got a slide for this. Uh, what this is, is this is really neat. Um, what we are doing as a church is a, a three-week devotional leading up to Easter. Now, it's only two weeks to Easter, so if you sign up today, you'll be a little bit behind. You'll just finish a week after Easter, but that's all right, um, and it's still not too late to sign up. Um, and so what this is, is if you text the word HOPE to 276-221-9494, uh, you'll get a daily email devotional. You'll also get some text messages throughout the week. Um, and I, I, sh I said last week, it's almost like an online mission trip. And so this is like a way for you to prepare your hearts for Easter. Uh, and you'll have some activities to do. It's already neat seeing some stories come in and um, some testimonies being shared. And you'll have some tasks to do as you go through this. Uh, but this is really a, a neat thing. And if you've not done it yet, I encourage you to do it. Uh, it's, just, uh, it's just helping us get ready for Easter. And so with that being said... Um, uh, I'm excited about this already, what I'm seeing, how people are using it. Uh, so anyway, that's coming up. Also, with that, we have, uh, with, with Easter, we're having a, a special event for the kids, Journey to the Cross. It's on Good Friday, April 2nd, uh, from 6 to 9 p.m. for four years old to fourth grade. Uh, and so you have to pre-register for it because we've got different time slots uh, but this is going to be an interactive service. We're talking live worship. We're talking crafts and fun stuff for the kids and devotions for the family. And it's going to be just, it's really neat. Um, so uh, it's going to be in Center 242, our new building. Uh, so if you've not signed up for this yet, I encourage you to do that. And with that being said, April 4th is Easter. And we're excited about Easter here. Uh, it's going to be a, a, a great Sunday. We're going to bring in some more chairs and kind of rearrange some things and try to keep spaced out and get as many people in here safely as possible. We're doing our two services again, 915 and, and 11. Uh, but help us out by starting uh, to invite people to join you for Easter. And, and what we see year after year is people are willing to come to church on Easter when they're not willing to come any other time of the year. All they're waiting on is someone to invite them. Someone to ask them, say, hey, will you come with me? Uh, we hadn't seen you in a while, Would, you know, or, or we just, we want to invite you. Uh, and if you, uh, if they can't come in person, invite them to join us online too. So um, we've got a lot of special stuff planned for Easter morning. So uh, that's coming up. Uh, lots of other stuff. I'll mention our community meals coming up March 31st, a week and a half away. Uh, we're doing ham casserole this time uh, and green beans and stuff. If you can help us by preparing some food, we would appreciate it. 
Um, and so to do that, um, if you would uh, just uh, go to uh, the Church Center app that we use or mycornerstone.fyi, go to upcoming events, you'll see the community meal. That's where you can sign up. You'll see, uh, you can sign up for the uh, Journey to the Cross area. You can sign up for our youth camp that's coming up this summer. All sorts of stuff. Uh, your website, uh, the website's a place to, do, uh, to go for all of that great information. So all the announcements. Uh, announcements are like one of those things. Uh, we, we've got a lot going on and uh, I hate taking time to, to go through, but I really want you guys to stay connected. So again, uh, just keep going to the website. All that stuff's on there. Today, though, we get to continue this series and I'm excited about it. Um, this is a message you don't typically hear preached in churches. Uh, how often do you come to church and, and say, okay, come follow Jesus. It's going to be the hardest thing you ever do. That's really what today's about. Um, it's not an easy, when God places a call on your life, there's some things that you're going to leave behind. It's going to cost you something. If you are a Christian, though, here's how I want to start off. I want you to think about, uh, I want you to think back when you first answered the call that God placed on your life. The, the invitation, he said, to come follow me. When was that? Do you remember what you were doing? Do you remember who invited you? Do you remember who explained it to you? I can remember a, a, a lot. I, I remember I was 12 years old. All the way back in 1985 is November. Remember the month. I don't remember the exact day. But I remember sitting down and having a conversation with a youth pastor who explained the gospel to, to me. And for the first time in my life, I was like, I've never done that. I've never responded to Jesus. I don't understand. I, I, up until that point, I just thought going to church was enough, right? And at that time in my life, I was like, okay, I understand it now, and I need to do something about it. And he prayed with me. I received Christ. And at that time, you know, at 12 years old, if you were to told me all these years later that I would be standing in front of you guys teaching and sharing, I would have told you you were absolutely crazy, right? I said, there is no possible way that could ever happen. Um, that was not my, the plan for my life. At that time, my plan was to be an NBA player. <laughs> that didn't work out. Um, and so, but at that time, you know, but even if you would have asked me when I was 20 years old, uh, could you see yourself being a pastor? I would have laughed in your face. If you had asked me even at 30 years old, I would have probably done the same. Right? It's, it's a progression that you see that as you start growing closer to God, He calls you into deeper levels of obedience. And I don't think we're always ready for that. But uh, here's my question for you. Have you ever faced any challenges in following Jesus? Have you ever faced any challenges because of following Jesus? As Jesus calls us to himself, I want you to understand it's not always easy. In fact, it's almost never easy. I want you to understand that you're going to face challenges along the way. I want you to understand that there are going to be things and people that pull you back from following after Jesus. And part of the Christian life is identifying those things so that we can continue to grow closer to Jesus. 
This week, we've got the privilege, and it really is a privilege, of being able to study what I would call a hard passage of Scripture. Okay? It's a privilege when we get to open up God's Word and, and, and dig deep into it and, and help us to understand something. There are certain passages, when we study them, we expect them to go one way, and in fact, they go the exact opposite. And I think that's a, the passage today. You would expect when people gather around Jesus uh, that he would say, Hey, come on, follow me. It's going to be great. It's going to be an adventure. It's going to be, you know. But in fact, Jesus in this passage, he's like, Do you really know what you're getting into? Are you sure? Do you, do you really want to, to, to follow after me? Because you know what that means for your, for your life. That, that's really what we're talking about today. It's in Luke chapter 9. If you've got your Bibles, you can flip there. We'll, we'll be putting everything on the screen as well. Let me kind of give you the background to it. In the ninth chapter of Luke, we have a passage about Jesus ministering in the region of Galilee. And so in the opening verse, what we see is Jesus sending out the twelve. He tells them to go where you're welcome. If you're not welcome there, you know, shake the dust off. Just keep going. Uh, that's the, the passage, uh, you know, we see here. Uh, they're going, demonstrating the Lord's power, telling people about the kingdom. Um, and then we see a, a miracle that's recorded actually in all four Gospels, the feeding of the 5,000. Uh, this, following this incredible demonstration of God's power, you, you see uh, Peter make the confession that Jesus, he, he is the Christ. And, and then uh, at verse 22, we start changing. We start seeing the focus of Jesus change to the cross. He starts telling them about what's to come. And that kind of leads us up as we go through the chapter. Uh, and Jesus travels, he's teaching, he's healing. And then we get to this story. And in this story, there are three individuals who have an opportunity to follow Jesus. But we see they have some excuses that are holding them back. And so, uh, you know, the last couple of weeks we've been looking at the disciples. We looked at... Uh, we looked at Peter and Andrew and James and John when he said, you know, you know, leave your nets behind. Follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. And they left their nets behind. They followed after him. Last week, we talked about Matthew, the tax collector. He invited Matthew to come follow me. And what did Matthew do? He left the riches behind. He left his wealth behind. He left his profession behind. Uh, he was accepted into this motley crew of people here. Uh, you know, you have fishermen and these rugged people now you're inviting a, a trader right to be part of the disciples and he's invited in and yet they uh, continue to, to follow Jesus but now we see these people that we really don't know a lot about and we do know that that they were disciples not the disciples but they were followers of Jesus and, and so uh, we get we get an interesting kind of glimpse into their life and into what was holding them back. And so uh, what Jesus does here, though, is he identifies, he looks into their life and he's able to identify what's keeping them from following Jesus. And, and I'll just ask that question to you right now. What is it that's holding you back? What is it that's keeping you from following the call, answering the call that God has placed on your life? And I think these I will say these stories, they're specific to the individuals he's addressing. But we can learn from them. There's something in our life that's holding us back. And so I titled this morning's service, 
the call of Jesus, it always cost something. The call of Jesus, it always costs something. It costs something. And, and I'm going to break down this passage. And the first thing it's going to cost you, is it's going to cost you personal comfort. It's going to cost you some personal comfort. It's not always comfortable following Jesus. It's not always convenient following Jesus. It's not always easy following Jesus. Let's look at uh, Luke chapter 9. We'll pick it up in verse 57. It says, As they were walking along, someone said to Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. Verse 58, but Jesus replied, Foxes have dens to live in and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place even to lay his head. Now what's interesting about this, it starts out good. Jesus, I'm going to follow you wherever you go. I'm in all the way. I'm with you. I'm here. You just tell me where to go and I'm going to go. That, that's kind of the response. I mean, that's, that's my interpretation of this, right? I mean, you see this guy. He's like, I'm ready. I'm willing. I'm in it. Uh, and he said, okay, I, I, I'm going to follow you. And, and we would say on, on surface level, hey, this is awesome. This guy's ready to go. But yet Jesus kind of backs up and says, not that's great. I mean, that's what we would expect. Or not, well, come on, let's go. Jesus is like, do you realize that even animals have a place that they call home? If you follow me, you're not going to have a place to call home. If you follow me, you're, you're leaving your comfort behind. In, in essence, is what he's telling them. Jesus left everything behind. He had to depend upon the hospitality of others to even sleep at night. He, he, he was homeless. And, and so for us, when we look at this, it reminds us that there's a cost to following Jesus. There's another passage in Matthew that, we're, that you're, you're probably familiar with. In Matthew 16, Jesus said to his disciples, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. Deny yourself. Give up your own way. Take up your cross. Die to yourself every single day. And then follow me. And, and so when I think about this passage, I mean, this starts out like all of us, that we're all talk. I'll follow you, Jesus. I'll do whatever you want to do. But when push comes to shove, are we willing to leave our comfort behind? You know, we're, we're going to have to give up our places of comfort. We're going to have to give up our security. We're going to have to take some risk. We're going to have to follow Jesus into some places that stretch us and require us to rely on him. Now, for me, I mentioned, you know, when I was 12 years old, I made that profession of faith, made Jesus my Lord and Savior. And, and then it's like, okay, as you start growing, you start maturing, God starts calling you into deeper levels of, of obedience. For me, um, uh, again, right, this, I would have never imagined that God would have called me to be a preacher. Uh, you take my shyness, you take, uh, I just, you just take all that, you, you take, uh, uh, I had a terrible, terrible speech problem, had that uh, growing up, had professional speech therapy, all that. You, you take that, I was the kid that went through high school and never said anything, uh, just sat in the back of the class, slept most of the time, uh, 
that was kind of my, my experience growing up. Um, and so, and then for, for God to put me in a position where I was doing youth ministry in my, my 20s and, uh, and doing that part-time, uh, you know, I, I, even then I started really enjoying it and, and, and learning more about it. But I was comfortable. I was comfortable. I had a good job. I was making decent money, and, and, and we could do what we wanted to do. And, and then it started realizing, okay, God's calling me into this full-time ministry. And I'm like, but God, are you sure? I don't think I'm the one. I don't think I'm the one that needs to be doing this. And have you ever had those conversations with God? Like, God, uh, you really, do you want me to leave this job and go over here? You want me to do this? And you're like, are you sure? Do you know, who, I think you got the wrong number, God. That's, that's kind of how I was feeling, you know, and, and thinking like, there, there's somebody else that would do a better job. I, let me point you over here. He could do that better. That's who you want, not me. But here's what, God knows you even better than you know yourself. God knows you better than you, you even know yourself. And he saw something in me that I didn't see in me. And, and so he had this lined up, prepared uh, I didn't even realize it. And, and so at that point where he called me to step down from youth ministry. And, and at that time, I'm like, God, I don't know what to do next. I don't know if I just made the worst decision of my life and just messed up. And you're never, I'm never going to be used again. Or I didn't, you know. And then there was that period of waiting, trying to figure out, okay, where do I go? What do I do? And that three, four year period where Cornerstone was getting off the ground. And I'm still trying to figure out, am I going into youth ministry? Or am I going, and are we moving? Are we? And then one thing led to another, and the next thing I know, I'm, I'm, you know, full time on staff here. And it really was. I mean, that's really the story of how I came here to Cornerstone. Is I was trying to figure out what God was wanting me to do, and Cornerstone was trying to to get started as a church. And God just said, "Okay, here it is." He worked it out and and, and put everything together, and and now. I see the, God's wisdom in, in his plan, but it required that I had to, to be uncomfortable for a while. It required that I had to, to leave a job that I was happy in behind, not knowing how it was going to turn out. It required, right, that I had to push myself out of that because it's, it's, it's as long as we're comfortable, right, as long as we're comfortable, uh, it's really hard to follow Jesus, and do what he's called you to do and go where he's called you to go. Because we can make excuses, but, but I'm comfortable here. I've got everything I need. I, I, I don't, you know, as long as we're comfortable, it, it, everything's convenient. It's easy to just do the same thing over and over. It's easy to put our own preferences above God's plan. And that's really what happens. I, I think there's a problem in churches today where if we're not careful, we don't challenge people to get out of their comfort. You know, we've got this kind of easy believism where all you got to do is just, hey, just follow Jesus and your life's going to turn out great. You're going to have everything you need. You'll be happy, wealthy, wise. I'm here to tell you, when you follow Jesus, he's going to rock your world. He's going to change everything. He's going to turn everything upside down. And when we think about that, the way forward is not to make church more comfortable. The way forward is to call people into that deeper level of obedience and to require more instead of requiring less. So Jesus, with this, with this individual, he challenges him at his level of comfort. He challenges him with his possessions. 
And, and we don't have the whole story, but I, I, you know, I look at this and I know that Jesus, he looked at that man and knew everything about him. And he knew what was holding him back and keeping him from following with his whole heart. And it was his comfort. You know, and for, for most of us, our comfort is in our home, our possessions, our family, our stuff, our job. And if Jesus called you to lay any of that down, to follow him, to call you to, to leave your job, to leave your home behind, to move, are we willing to do that? Are we willing to say, okay, I, I don't understand, I don't have all the answers, but I'm willing to lay this down and go where you call me to go. I think for most of us, we say, yeah, we would do that, but, but would you? Right? And I think that's really what this story gets at. You think about the rich young ruler. He's coming like, I know all the stories uh, about you, Jesus. I, I've heard all the scripture from the time of my youth. Jesus says, well, just go and sell everything and, and then follow me. And he walked away dejected because he couldn't do it. And, and I feel like that so many of us are in that point where God is calling us. And we're saying, we want to, but no, I can't. And it's because of our comfort. It's because of our comfort. We're not willing to lay it down. And so that's the first thing it's going to cost us is our comfort. The second thing it's going to cost us is our personal security. And this takes a little more explaining, but let me uh, share this uh, verse 59 and 60 here. And then, then we'll jump in. And he says, he said to another person, come follow me. So this time Jesus is doing the inviting. The man agreed, but he said, Lord, first let me return home and bury my father. But Jesus told him, let the spiritually dead bury their own dead. Your duty is to go and preach about the kingdom of God. Now, I don't know about you, but like the, the first time you read this passage or the first time you really start studying, you're like, that's kind of that's kind of insensitive. It's callous. It's almost rude. And like, God, I've, I've got to go bury my father. And Jesus is like, forget about the dead. We got work to do. But you've got to understand something here. And there's some debate about, OK, was the guy's dad really dead now or is, or is he waiting I, from what I've studied this, and, and I, what I believe is his dad was not yet dead. And so in essence, what he's saying is, I'm not at the right stage of my life to follow you. His dad may be older, he may be sick, but what he's saying, and, there, and actually in the culture of that day and time, what you see um, is that it was a common saying of the day, which, which in essence meant, let me wait until my father dies and I get my inheritance. <laughs> and so he said, I, I want my inheritance because then I will be in a position where, um, where it's economically feasible to follow you. <laughs> so he's saying, let me get my life in order. Let me get to this next phase of life then it's going to be much more convenient for me to follow you. Now do you see the problem, right? You, because if it's just like, okay, my dad's already dead and we got to go do the funeral, that wasn't the issue. The issue was this guy saying, you know, I'll follow you, but it's going to be on my terms. I'll follow you when I can get my life in the right position, in the right place where I have enough financial security where I can do this. And therein lies the problem. For many of us, it's the same thing. We say, I'll follow you, God, when 
I'm in school now. I can't do it now. and I'm too busy. I'll follow you, but I've got little kids now and they take all my time. I really can't do anything, God. I'll follow you when I, uh, now, now my kids are in high school and sports and, and I just don't have time to follow you. I'll follow you. Well, God, now I'm finally an empty nester and now I've got all this time for myself. I'll follow you when I retire. And we just keep pushing it out. You see what happens? We keep making excuse after excuse after excuse. And we keep, uh, we just keep saying, okay, it's, it, we think it's about our security. And we find our security in our possessions, in our money, in our inheritance, as this man did. And then when we do that, man, it really casts this whole conversation Jesus has in a completely different life. What we see, uh, this young man, he was depending upon his earthly father for his security. When Jesus was calling him to depend on his heavenly father for security. When Jesus asks us to do something. When you're a parent, you know this. That when you ask your child to do something. And they say, yeah, I'll do it. And then they don't do it. And you say, but I asked you to do that. And you said you would do it. There's a saying, if, if, if uh, you've been around long enough, you've probably heard it. That delayed obedience is disobedience. Have you ever heard that? Delayed obedience is disobedience in parenting. Um, and so when you ask your child to do something and they begrudgingly do it or they do it 30 minutes or an hour later, that's still disobeying. The same thing is true with our Heavenly Father. When He asks us to do something, He's not waiting on our delayed obedience. He wants immediate obedience. And this is tough. This is why following Jesus costs you something. It's not easy. Because it means there's times we've got to lay down our security and we don't understand why. But it would be more convenient for me, God, if I just wait a few years. And God says, no, it wouldn't. Now is the time. You've got kingdom work to do right now. And if we start thinking like that, if we start allowing God to, to control us and, and to direct us and to guide us into his plan, I'm telling you, your life, it's not going to be what you had planned out. But it's going to be a whole lot more exciting. It's going to be a whole lot better. It may, be, it may look a lot different than, than your plan. But when we do that, it's going to be a lot different. And here's when I read this, it makes me realize how often we do this. God, uh, you know, I'll serve you, but not now. It's just not. And we'll say it's this season of life I am. I just can't do it. God, I would do, if God calls you to do something, delayed obedience is disobedience. He calls you to do something. He's going to equip you to do it. He's going to help you to do it. He's going to guide you to do it. He's going to give you everything you need at the moment you need it so that you can accomplish what he's called you to do. That's how God works. And how arrogant of us, to, for us to say, God, nah, I don't trust you. I, you. You can't do that. I'm not ready yet. If I look, if I, I mean, as I get older and older, I'm still learning this, right? But I'm learning, man, God can, he can do things that we could never imagine through people you would never expect. And we see this time after time after time. And, and so we've got to be able to lay down our personal security in order to trust the, the, the provision of our Heavenly Father. That's the second thing. Here's the third thing. It's going to cost you some personal relationships along the way too. 
This is where it hurts. This is where it hurts. It's going to cost you some personal relationships. Verse 61. Another said, yes, Lord, I will follow you, but let me first say goodbye to my family. Again, on the surface, it sounds like a, a very reasonable request. I'll follow you. Let me go just tell everybody bye first. Jesus told him, anyone who puts a hand to the plow and then looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. You know, you, you look at this passage and you think about this and, and this verse particularly. And it's like, wait a minute. He's just wanting to say goodbye to his family. But is that really what he's saying here? You know, when you think about farming, you think about plowing, uh, it takes focus. It takes concentration to, to, to stay on that path to keep going forward. When you're, I was thinking about this when you're teaching your kids to drive. And all, all of ours are driving now. And it, it's interesting when you're first in the It's nervous teaching your kids to drive, right? I'm just, and y'all that have younger kids, you just wait. Because they get like 16 years old and all of a sudden they're the smartest person in the world. And they're like, oh, look over there. And like as they look, they turn the wheel. And they just start going off the road. And you're like, no. And, and, you know, you have to teach them. You have to focus on the road. Put your phone down. Don't mess with the radio. You just drive and you just look. I, I think Jesus is telling some of us that. <laughs> You got to keep your eyes on the road. You can't look back and keep going forward. As long as you're looking back, you're not moving forward. And, and for this situation, what this person was doing is they were putting family before Jesus. Luke 14 says this, if you want to be my disciple, you must by comparison, you must hate everyone else. Your father, your mother, your wife, your children, your brothers and sisters. Yes, even your own life. Otherwise, you cannot be my disciple. Those are strong words. And, and if, you want, if you think Jesus is just something you kind of add in just a little bit of on an hour every Sunday morning, and then that's enough, then you're missing what this is all about. A relationship with Jesus and following Jesus. He's saying... You know, I love my wife. I love my kids. I love my family. But Jesus is telling us that must pale in comparison to how much you love your heavenly father. That's how much our love for God must be. It's got to make everything else look like hate by comparison because it's so much greater. Matthew 10, if you love your father or mother more than you love me, you are not worthy of being mine. Or if you love your son or daughter more than me, you are not worthy of being mine. Again, I don't, I don't mean this. You just don't hear this preached a whole lot. You don't hear people saying, this is what it looks like to follow Jesus. It costs you something. It's not easy. And I'm just telling you, I mean, I'll watch a lot of sermons on Sundays and I'll turn on things and everything's, hey, just, it's so easy. Just all you got to do is pray this prayer. All you got to do is just pray that prayer and then, okay, that's it. No, you pray that prayer. That's the start of your new life. Then it's the start of laying down all this stuff day after day after day. And one of the things you've got to lay down is some of these relationships. Because here's what I know for many people, even people in this room, it may be a relationship that's holding you back from following what God is calling you to do. What do I mean by that? It could be a relationship that goes against God's command. And God's not going to bless it. Until you leave that relationship. It may be a relationship with a person who pulls you away from God. 
just constantly pulling you away from God instead of walking with you towards God. It may be a relationship with someone that continues to tear you down instead of build you up. It may be a relationship with someone that continually leads you into a path of sin. It may be a relationship that's with someone that just constantly brings out the worst in you. I know that there's people I've been around that when I'm around them, I'm not the best version of myself. They just bring, they don't bring out the best in me. They bring out the worst. And so we, what we've got to do, we've got to realize one, that friends like that aren't friends. And we've got to see uh, uh, that those people are pulling us away. They're preventing us from following the call of God on our life. I've seen so many people pulled back into addiction, pulled away from church, separated from their church family, separated from their friends and family, all because of bad relationships. Are we willing to leave those things behind in order to follow after Jesus? You know, it's this this man, he expressed his desire to follow Jesus, but he wanted to follow Jesus on his own conditions. He was willing to follow Jesus and, and forsake his comfort and security only if Jesus would let him go home and say goodbye. And, and so, again, this sounds reasonable, but what he's saying is, my friends and my family come before you, Jesus. They come first. Let me deal with all this stuff. Then, uh, then, uh, then it'll fit in my schedule. It's not the type of obedience God is calling us into. Mark 12 says this, you must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, and all of your strength. What that tells me is there's not any relationship that can take priority over my love for God. And, and so all of this we've been talking about, all this stuff we're leaving behind. I mean, I'm just telling you, as, as you go through life, it's so hard to do this. Because we love our family. And we think if we put our family first, we're doing good. You don't put your family first. You put God first. And you bring your family along. <laughs> you put God first. And I know as you get older, it gets, there's more and more children's events. And, and I've just seen this so often over the last de two decades. Really almost approaching uh, longer than that now. 25 years uh, of ministry, I've seen this over and over that people, they think they're doing well by their family because they put their family first and take their kids to every sporting event, every athletic event, every activity, every, they put them in everything they can, and, and God is way down on the list. That's not a parenting success when you do that. James 4.4 4 says this, you adulterers, don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? I say it again. If you want to be a friend of the world, you will make yourself an enemy of God. We've got to live differently. We've got to, to leave some stuff behind in order to follow Jesus. It's going to cost you something. It means people won't understand. They're, they're going to look at you like you're crazy. They're going to think you're... Uh, 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 they're going to think you're, a, a, you know, just a, a lunatic at times. They're not going to understand it. Are we okay with that? Or do we want to be friends with the world and, and be, you know, applauded by the world or approved by our Savior? I just think about all this and, 
I think about my life and I think about the call of Jesus. It's not about our comfort. It's not about our security. It's not about even the relationships. It's about Jesus. And if we follow Jesus, he's going to fix all those things. He's going to give you what you need, not what you want. He's going to give you, he's going to provide for you. He's going to, you're going to be all right. It may be different, may not be at the level you expect or the level you wanted. But when we grow closer to God, our desires become, his desires become our desires. And so I just want to, to ask you kind of in close, and there's one thing I want you to, to think about here. There are many who think that following Jesus is important, but it's not the most important thing in life. Most people in the world, this is what they would say. Following Jesus, it's important, but it's not the most important thing in life. I want you to know it is the most important thing in life. There's nothing that surpasses this. It's the most important thing in life is following after Jesus. These three men in this story in Luke chapter 9, they all thought following Jesus was a good thing to do. But they didn't think it was the most important thing to do. And that's where they messed up. And that's where we mess up. Because we do the same thing. John 16, 33 says, I've told you this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows. But take heart because I've overcome the world. Jesus never promised us an easy life. But he promised us he would be with us. He promised us that he would be with us every step of the way. And so I want to close this morning a little differently. I want you to take some time to ask yourself some questions. And here are the questions I want you to ask yourself. What comfort, what possession do you have that you're unwilling to let go of in order to follow Jesus? What is it if if you put yourself in this story as the fourth disciple? What is it that Jesus would look at you and say, but you need to leave this behind? What is it that, because Jesus had that incredible ability to look and and see the real heart of the, the matter. What is it that's holding you back? What are you depending on for your security? Who are you trusting to provide for your needs instead of Jesus? What relationships are are you placing in a higher level of importance than your obedience to Christ? What are things in your life that distract you from keeping your focus on following after Jesus? What keeps you from following after the mission of Jesus? What can you do? Uh, what excuses are you making now to prevent yourself from following after to Jesus? Uh, oh, well, it's my past. You, you don't understand my past. Or you don't understand my, uh, I just couldn't do that. It's my personality. It's, that's not who I am. Uh, I just don't have the time. I don't ha- I'm not in the right season of life. What, what excuses are you using to, that prevent you from following after Jesus? Here's what I want you to do. I want you to bow your heads right now, wherever you're at. I want you to have a conversation with God. Say, God, reveal to me. What are these things in my life that are holding me back? What is it that's keeping me from following after you? What is it that you need to confess? And I'm telling you, just by naming it, just by acknowledging it, confessing it, it's the first step to finding the freedom to follow Jesus. And I want you just to have this conversation with God right now. What is it that's holding you back? I'm going to give you a minute just to talk with God. Heavenly Father, we, um, 
we come to you today just knowing that there are things in our life, things that we're holding on to for comfort or for security, things that we're allowing, Lord, that, that, that we're just looking to for, for our hope. And what you are calling us to is something far greater, something worth far more. You're calling us into obedience. You're calling us into your plan that you've prepared for us. Lord, I pray that we would stop letting things of this world get in the way of what you want to accomplish in us and through us. So this morning, would we acknowledge whatever it is that's holding us back. For the believers in this room, Lord, help us to realize the Holy Spirit indwells us, empowers us, and enables us to go out and do your will. Lord, I pray for each and every person that's here or that is watching online. That you would help us realize that we can accomplish far greater than we could ever imagine when we truly, simply trust you and follow you. Lord, I pray that we wouldn't let our past get in the way. I pray we wouldn't let our, our preferences, our comfort get in the way. Lord, help us just to trust you. And for those that are either here or watching online that have yet to put their faith and their trust in Jesus Christ to save them. Here's what I want you to hear. When we trust Jesus, He changes your entire life. It says the old is gone, the new has come. We're now new creation. The, the old is completely wiped away. We now are living in a new life. And so when we confess our sin, when we acknowledge our need for a Savior, when we look to Jesus to save us from our sin because He went to the cross on our behalf. Jesus can save us. We can be born again. We can find that new purpose, that new plan. We can, we can start walking in that deeper level of obedience. And, and as we grow, we continue, you continue to call us. You don't want us to stay where we are. You want us to grow closer to you. So no matter how old we are, help us to look for ways we can continue, that we can continue to serve you. Heavenly Father, I'm thankful for this church. Thankful for the people here today. I'm thankful for what you're doing in our lives. Help us to be a people known for our commitment instead of a people known for our comfort. And Lord, as we do that, this community will be changed. This world will be changed. Lord, we just thank you this morning. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.